Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn Opelika. I am Brooks Childress. This is Sports Call. I'm sitting in the driver's seat today for Mr. J.J. Jackson. He is out of town again today, so off the show, has a day off. But I'm joined in studio by Brant Daughtry and our intern Drew Behenna making his return to Sports Call this afternoon. We hear from to be back. Absolutely. Uh, great to have you back in the studio. Uh, we'll hear more from those guys in just a second. Coming up on the show today, though, got a lot to talk about. Uh, get a lot of uh, new headlines coming out over the last 24 hours, and then, you know, some of them are within the last hour, hour and a half. Uh, but for the show today, we've got 315. We'll have our birthdays and sports as we do every single day. We'll end the show at 550 with a nightly TV guide in between. We'll have some uh, special guests at 330. We'll have Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network. He'll be on to talk a little Auburn football as well as preview Tiger Talk coming up tonight. And of course, the Tiger Tailgate show bright and early Saturday morning, 8 a.m. airtime over on our sister station at 93.9 FM Talk. And at 5.15, we'll have National College football writer Bill Bender. It's been a little bit since we've had him on, so we'll get a, his take, more of a national take of what's happening here in Auburn uh, on the football side of things, as well as look around the SEC and, of course, a, a glimpse into the national pictures. He's got his eye on everything in college football. So great show for you out there today. Uh, and we'll get it started right now with uh, myself. I'm Brooks Childress, as I said, filling in for J.J. Jackson today in the driver's seat, Brant Daughtry, Drew Behenna in the studio. Guys, how's it going today? Very well, very well. Happy to be back on. Um, hopefully going to talk some Auburn football if we get to that, and uh, maybe a little bit of something else. Who knows? Yeah, I'm doing good, too. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of news, and we're going to get to it quickly, but you know, it's 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 another day of uh, talking about Auburn football, and you know, th- there's no shortage of headlines. So, uh, can't wait to get to that. Can't wait to talk to the callers. Can't walk to, wait to talk to Brad Law and Bill Bender. Both of those guys are very entertaining, and they know what they're talking about in their own right. So, uh, can't wait to get to that. And yeah, just happy to happy to be here. Happy to be a part of this. And uh, let's get it. Uh, also on the on the docket today, we may touch on this a little bit. Um, but Auburn baseball starting fall camp. Fall practices get started today. We uh, got a chance to hear from the head ball coach, Butch Thompson, as well as a couple players earlier this afternoon. Really, really excited to get going over there. They are, uh, they're going to have a couple preseason fall games coming up here in the next few weeks uh, at Plainsman Park. They'll be playing the Alabama Crimson Tide and Louisiana Tech Bulldogs at home this uh, in, a, in a couple weeks to uh, for the, their fall exhibition games. I know last year they had uh, Clemson came down. Down, and I, th- I think they played Tuskegee, wasn't it, uh, within the last few years? I think so. Uh, but, yeah, fall baseball back. The Tigers set their sights on Omaha again next summer, but it all starts today with the afternoon practice. They're going to get some innings in out there. I think uh, Butch Thompson said they're going to go about four innings of a simulated game out there with the, both teams going at it, and we'll see uh, 
get underway there. So as Auburn football continues the middle of their season, Auburn baseball starting to kick off some fall stuff. Auburn basketball is not too far away. I think it's 48 days to tip off between Auburn and and George Mason in the uh, in the first official game of the season in November, and so uh, we got some yeah we got some headlines. The biggest headline though came out while we were hearing from Butch Thompson and some of the players. Zach Calzada, we we ta- talked about this the other day when the news broke on T.J. Finley being out for uh, this weekend that it was reported that Zach Calzada was mulling over, maybe going back in and sur- having surgery, had surgery in the offseason uh, last year, and was not 100% going into spring camp, and then not 100% going into the fall camp. We did hear, you know, last weekend in the Penn State game afterwards, Brian Harson said they did mull over putting Calzada into last week's game, but it ultimately didn't happen earlier this week. Harson was asked about the health status of uh, uh, Zach Calzada, and he said everybody's been out there competing. All quarterbacks have been at practice. And then, as I said, news broke about an hour and a half ago or so that Zach Calzada has made a decision that he is going to have some more surgery on that non-throwing shoulder. He's going to seek a medical red shirt. The indications, uh, the, the guy that broke it, our good friend Justin Hokinson from On3 Live, broke the news a little bit ago. He also reported that Zach Calzada, as of right now, is planning to rehab at Auburn, stay at Auburn, and compete for the spot in the spring. Don't know what that means going into next year, uh, next football season, 2023 football season. But as of right now, it sounds like he plans to stay at least into the spring and compete for that starting job next spring here at Auburn. Uh, But yeah, another big blow to the quarterback room is TJ Finley is out. Also... Speaking to T.J. Finley earlier today, a, a podcast was released by uh, one of our good friends, Zach Blackerby, who host, hosted the Locked on Auburn podcast, had T.J. Finley's father on earlier today. And there was a couple of uh, headline grabbing quotes that came out of that podcast. And so a lot of a lot of controversy going on in that quarterback room right now. But as of right now, the Auburn quarterback room stands at Robbie Ashford and Holden Gurner. And uh, yeah, guys, what are what are our thoughts? <laughs> Uh, man, it, I, I had read that Calzada was considering this, uh, sometime last week, heard it, read it, whichever, um, did not know he was so close to a decision, but you know, I, I talked about this on Monday, Auburn's offensive line is not good. And when you've got a quarterback, that's an injury risk. And with a bad offensive line, that's a bad combination. Yeah. And it would have been tough to ask Calzada to come in and perform with, with that happening in front of him. So it's a business decision. I think it's a good decision uh, to go ahead and get this shoulder surgery done. Um, as far as Ashford and Gurner, I mean, man, we who knows? <laughs> you know, it's going to be one of those things like you don't you don't know what's going to happen with with those two because we haven't seen Gurner yet. Uh, Ashford has been hit or miss uh, at best, and it's it's a tough situation to be in. Um, the Locked On podcast, I, I, I take. I, I, I always take frustrated words with a gain, with a grain of salt. And clearly, TJ and his dad are frustrated right now, uh, and they have every right to be. I think because things are not going well. That was one of the worst losses Auburn has had since 2012. Um, it, but he is frustrated. He's a frustrated parent and a frustrated. 18, 19 year old, or he's older than 19. I think he's about 20, 21, maybe, but a frustrated young man, you know. And when you speak from a from a point of view of frustration, you don't all you say things you don't always mean, 
And I think TJ's dad is maybe dealing with that a little bit too. And again, I don't know, but that's kind of my read on it. And I could be dead wrong. And I'm not trying to defend Brian Harson a lot. I will say he is not the first guy uh, who's coached at Auburn to talk about injuries and say, oh yeah, this guy's there. And that guy was actually not there or he was not able to play that week. But there's a lot going on right now. And I don't know if it's being handled in the best way. Um, But I do know that Auburn football is not in a good spot and it's going to take a miracle to turn this thing around. But the good news is Missouri's not very good. So if there's any team to try and start a turnaround that in the SEC, it's it's against this club. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what Ashford looks like, if any different at all, knowing that he's coming into that game as the starter. And unless there's a game plan similar to what we've been seeing with both Finley and Ashford coming out there, then it's his spot to lose to Holden is what it sounds like. So maybe we see more fired up. Robbie Ashford not fighting for his job, but keeping his job on the field. And who knows, maybe his arm shows up a little bit more this time. 334-887-341 locally, toll-free, one tiger 9 If you want to get on the Auburn Bank phone line, give us your thoughts. As I said, got a great show for you coming up today. We're going to go ahead and step aside to our first break of the show. More of our thoughts, more of your thoughts on the other side. Of course, also, on the other side of this break, we'll have your birthdays in sports. And during the break, we'll hear from Ryan Lavoie with your weather report. You're listening to Sports Call. We'll be right back. J.J. Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. You can find the Sports Call podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. And I recommend going and listening to that podcast because yesterday, I mentioned 48 days away from tip-off of Auburn basketball. We had a conversation yesterday on it, uh, Sports Call with Auburn assistant coach Stephen Pearl. You may know him. He's the son of the head, foot, uh, head basketball coach. Not the head football coach. Some people would like Bruce Pearl to be head football coach. It would be an interesting experiment. But we had an interview with Stephen Pearl yesterday. We recapped the team's trip to Israel over the summer and looked ahead to the upcoming season. We got a link for that interview directly on our Twitter page, at SportsCallAU right now. Make sure you go and listen to that. Say Twitter again. Twitter. Mm. Twitter. Check the tweets. Did you ever watch, um, did either of y'all ever watch The Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson? No. I was no, say, no. I, Drew, I, was, I didn't know if Drew, I, I was thinking you may have uh brant but i didn't think drew drew may not have been old enough to be like i'm staying up till midnight to watch this scottish man on tv great i've watched i may have like had it on in the background while other stuff was going on on like a friday night but 
not not to notice it. Like I've never intentionally watched that show. Great late show. It is just a shame that James Corden took that uh, slot from him, and I mm. will not. Isn't isn't James Corden getting out of that though? He is. Um, they should bring back Craig Ferguson, but I don't think he's going to. Uh, I don't think he's going to come back. But that was a phenomenal. If you ever get a chance, go on a YouTube binge of Craig Ferguson. You're not going to understand a thing that's happening, and it's hilarious. <laughs> I like that. He, it was um, the best part of it is he had a uh, a robot skeleton as his sidekick. Yep, I have seen that. And I have a, seen that. a costumed horse that was his interns. His, he made his interns get into a costumed horse and prance around the uh, the set. Phenomenal stuff. I have yes, I have watched that at some. So, point. and if, if you get a chance, look that up on uh, look that up on YouTube. It is just <laughs> the the robotic skeleton did it for me. Yeah, it's 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 a trip. Like you, it's <laughs> you know it's late night when you're watching that. It is not yeah. late night right now. You could now. not put that on at three in the afternoon. <laughs> nope, it is not late night right now. So you know what we can do? We can celebrate some birthdays. It's time for today's birthdays in sports. I guess technically you could celebrate birthdays late at night too. But that, those you know, would be birth nights. Birth nights. Birthdays being celebrated today on September 22nd. Turning 34 today is former NFL offensive tackle who played seven seasons. Alejandro Villanueva is turning 34 years old today. Really, really good tackle. Played college football for the Army Black Knights. Go Knights. Fulfilled his service commitment after graduation. He was a Green Beret, wasn't he? Uh, he was an Army Ranger. Ranger. Uh, he reached the rank of captain, served in the Army Rangers, served, earning a Bronze Star after serving three tours of duty in Afghanistan. Signed with the Steelers in 2014 and played six seasons with those Steelers. Played his final NFL season for their rivals, the Baltimore Ravens, though. He's a two-time Pro Bowler, despite being an offensive tackle. Wow, that was that's a fun. What? Yeah. That, you gotta have all. You gotta have pro bowlers at every position, the, including tackle. What you, I, I'm what just you, reading the script here. Don't, the don't shoot the messenger. Villanueva does have one career receiving touchdown, though. How about that? Does he? One more than me. That is yes. true. Did, did you? I'm gonna say, did you ever have a receiving touchdown? As no, no. One? I never. I never registered any ball carrying stats. Mm. Unfortunately, unfortunate. I recovered a fumble once in like rec league. The wild Brant would have been fun to run at Perry High School. I would have run people over. Turning 48 today is a former NBA power forward. He was the number 11 overall pick in the 1995 NBA draft. Gary Trent, turning 48 years old. Played for the Trailblazers, the Raptors, the Mavericks, and the Timberwolves in his nine-year career. Played college basketball for the Ohio Bobcats. Mm. Let's go. Where his uh, number 20 jersey was retired. His son Gary, Cr- Gary Trent Jr. currently plays for the Toronto Raptors. Gary Trent, turning 48 years old. How about that? 48 years old and his son's already in the league. That's just, that's, that's not a... Ugh. Some bloodline. Tur- no kidding. Turning uh, 26... Some fellows have all the luck. You done? Yeah. All right. Turning 26-year-old today as a small forward for the Cleveland Cavaliers. He was drafted number 26 overall in the 2019 NBA draft. Dylan w- Windler. I don't remember him. Uh, his playing, he played in a career-high 50 games last season for the Cavs. Played his college basketball for Belmont. Let's go Bruins. How about that? That's why I don't remember. Only played for Belmont. Belmont. Shout out to the Bruins. Are they in California? They are in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. Yeah. Not close. Not even close. Shout out to the Belmont Bruins. Dylan Wendler turning 26 years old today. To the baseball world, turning 28 years old today. It's a shortstop for the Minnesota Twins. Carlos Correa. Really good. 28. He is really good. He's only 28? He is only 28 years old. I feel like he's been playing for like 20 years. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. 
He's played shortstop for the uh, Houston Astros from 2014 to 2021, a two-time MLB All-Star, a one-time Gold Glover, a 2017 World Series champion with the Astros. 2021 World Series runner-up with the Astros as well last year. Yeah, amen. A 2015 AL Rookie of the Year as well, Carlos Correa, turning so, 28. So, quick math, he got called up when he was 20. That is quick math. That is impressive, unless the quick math is wrong, which it could be. That could, I mean, 2014 was eight years ago, right? I'm not making that up? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> then, yeah, he was 20 when he got called up. Turning 25 is another shortstop for the Houston Astros, Jeremy Pena. He's a third-round pick by the Astros in 2018 MLB Draft. Made his MLB debut at shortstop on opening day of the of the 2022 season this year. Jeremy Pena played college baseball for the great Northeastern school, the Maine Black Bears. Go Maine. Let's go Black Bears. They came down and played a, a series of baseball at Plainsman Park not too long ago. I remember, they did. Yeah, I remember, I remember Jeremy that. Pena remember was part that. of that team. Maybe uh, we'll have to do some research. Uh, but yeah, starting shortstop for the Houston Astros this year, Jeremy Pena, 25. Great. 25. He's doing it. He's got a great year, too. Yeah. And then finally, turning 38 years old today is a Brazilian soccer player. He's also the current defender for a Chelsea football club in London, England. It's Thiago Silva. He's turning 38 years old. He's also played for AC Milan, Paris Saint-Germain in his professional career. 107 appearances for the Brazilian national team. He's a one-time UEFA Champions League winner. Regarded as one of the best defensive soccer players of all time. Thiago Silva, turning 38 years old. Good for him. Plays alongside the same team as American Christian Pulisic. Yeah. In Chelsea. Imagine going from PSG to Chelsea. I feel like that'd be a culture shock. Yeah. French League. Like going, going, say, going just from Paris to London. And then you're also going from a league that PSG basically runs to yeah. a league that is very, very competitive. Yeah. And Chelsea does not c- consistently run that league. No. So, Alejandro Villanueva, Gary Trent, Dylan Windler, Carlos Correa, Jeremy Pena, and Tiago Silva all celebrating a birthday today. And of course, if it is your birthday. Number five. <laughs> that was, what, one, two, three, four, well, six birthdays. I threw did that, did that inside paper, baseball, like... I threw the paper in the air as if, if, if as I normally when I finish reading Which, something I do yeah. throw it in the air yeah and it flung back and hit the board and the our board is a touch screen and so number five was played so play it again you know what how about this it said number five so happy birthday once again to Jeremy Pena if it's your birthday out there if it's your fifth birthday out there <laughs> why are you listening to this why show? are you listening to sports call but happy birthday to you anyway happy birthday man that is a look at For our woman. birthdays in sports on a Thursday September. 22nd <laughs> that was awesome it, it's that's a first where a piece of paper is won the touch screen three three four yeah three three four eight eight seven thirty four one locally toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine is how you get on the auburn bank phone line before we go to our next break and bring on our good friend brad law from the auburn sports network let's go to that auburn bank phone line auburn bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information your partner your neighbor your friend member fdic we go to that phone line for the first time today and we're going across state lines it is john from georgia john joins us on the phone today john how are you doing today i'm good guys how about y'all doing great what's on your mind uh, I saw something pretty interesting. I know when y'all first started the show off, y'all were talking about, of course, all the drama of the day that a lot of the beat writers, you know, alluded to last night. But I saw a tweet earlier. Auburn quarterback since Brian Harson took over. Bo Nix transferred. Cord Sandberg transferred. 
Keel Garnett transferred. Demetrius Davis transferred. T.J. Finley injured. Zach Calzada injured. Robbie Ashford getting first FBS start. Holding Garner now QB2 as the true freshman. Guys, this is, this is just going from bad to worse. And, you know, I don't know that the Calzada news is as bad as what it may seem, you know, with him not even getting a snap as an Auburn quarterback. But definitely T.J. Finley's dad stepping out on the limb and throwing the whole coaching staff, his son, himself, and the team under the bus this morning by going public, uh, you know, I, we, we're we're in a bad way with this probably being the second dad involved with the quarterback at Auburn getting involved in the in the you know the team activities and the, I, I just I don't know where we go from here. I don't know how you hire somebody to take over if Harson is to get another job or be relieved of his duties here. I just uh, this is as bad as as I can remember. I know 2012 was a was a bad year, but. I, I, it just didn't seem like we had the dumpster fire as much. Uh, which the media has been obsessed with Harson since he got hired at Auburn, so I guess that could be part of it. But it, I don't know. What are y'all's thoughts? It's it's a it's an interesting situation. I think you know you, you look at like you you compared the 2012 team to this team. You also have to realize you know you you look at the changes in the social media sphere. There's so many more people on social media. There's so many more people on the message boards these days. So there's going to be a lot more stuff that's flying around that wasn't flying around back in 2012, just because people weren't on the internet as much as they are today. And so that, I'm sure you know you go back and you talk to people that were involved in the 2012 team. There was a lot of noise inside that program and around it but you just didn't hear as much of it publicly and in your face because now you know you've got so many podcasts out there you've got so many people out there trying to get the scoop on stuff and it, there's so much information flying around that you know you, you look at the just you, you just look at the the coaching search from when harson was hired there were so many rumors being thrown onto the wall it's just you were someone you know people are trying to throw stuff up there to see if it's going to stick now i'm not saying that none of it was true i'm not saying that all of it was true but you, you this this age of social media and such twitter and everything that it is right at this point there's a lot of stuff that's going a lot more stuff that's going to get out there than in years past and it's just going to keep growing because social media continues to grow now when you look at the situation no matter what you, you look at the situation all the noise that's surrounding this program it's not good you never you know you never want to have noise surrounding your program you look at you know alabama uh you you look at nick saban across the state even when there's controversy over there like you know there, there's something controversial that happens over there there's not this flurry of stuff happening around the program. They keep it under control, and I think that's where you're getting a real problem is that there, there's all these different leaks are starting to fly out of the program, and it doesn't look like there's as much control as it has been as, as other coaching staffs have had. Yeah, you know, I, I've seen a lot of buzz today of, you know, everybody really trying to hype up the potential of having the true freshman hold and play, and, you know, I uh, I'm glad that we can find some sort of excitement, I guess. But, you know, we're we're in a bad situation if that's what we have to resort to is starting a true freshman that's possibly not ready to play. And it, his first game to be an SEC play at that, I, you know, I, I just think, you know, I, I don't know how you resolve this problem moving forward because it all starts at the line of scrimmage. And no matter who we've got playing quarterback, I – I'm not a TJ fan by any stretch of the imagination. I've been pretty critical of a lot of the beat writers and all that have been on TJ's side. I, I've, I've never been a TJ fan, 
But uh, definitely Saturday was not his fault in any stretch of the imagination. And so, you know, I don't think it matters who we've gotten to play quarterback. And TJ's dad did bring up some good points that I even brought that, you know, we discussed when I called, I believe it was Tuesday, about, you know, the schem- the schematics of the game of trying to scheme guys open, you know, in the face of the blitzes that were called out and things like that but i just don't know that playing a true freshman is really what we need to do at this point it you know it's probably best to cut our losses and hope for the best with robbie and you know try to support him and if tj gets healthy to get back involved but at this point in time it, this this could this could just really turn sour pretty quick i believe unfortunately for all of us well if, if you you know uh, the only thing that i would say counter to that is a few years ago, 2019, Gus Malzahn did trot out a, a true freshman, Bo Nix, in that game against Oregon, and he beat Oregon. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not, don't, please don't say, you know, put put in my mouth that I'm comparing Bo Nix to Holden Gurner, because Bo Nix came in and was a, more, a little bit higher recruit than Holden Gurner, but if you are to believe what Harson has said, that Gurner is one of the better passers that he's gotten to see and coached, that could give you some positivity, but to your point, as you were saying, John, you've got to have an offensive line to protect them, and you know you can be as good of a passer as you know as a Peyton Manning or whatever. You can trot out there, and you could be a great passer, but if you don't have time to find your receivers, that's a really big problem. So you got a really good point. That's one of the big things. I know we've been talking about it all week. Everybody's been talking about it. That offensive line, something's got to change. Something's got to get worked out on that offensive line, or else. It, it's not going to be pretty once we hit, uh, get in the meat of this SEC schedule. Well, and, you know, to, to discuss, you know, I, I definitely I, I agree with what you say about Bo Nix. You know, I, I was a Bo Nix fan uh, about him trotting out there in 2019 as a true freshman. I can't remember exactly who all was on the offensive line, but I know one guy in particular was was Prince Tagawanogo, and he was drafted, Yep. Uh, you know, in 2020. And so we had some, some draftable offensive linemen, in front of Bo Nix his first year here that a lot of people, you know, try to discredit or have may have an opinion on. But we had offensive linemen get drafted that Bo Nix got to play behind. There isn't a guy on this offensive line that's going to get drafted to go play arena football, I don't believe. And I, I mean, like I said, that that's the big problem is you can be this good of a passer. You can be you can be Arch Manning trotting out there as a true freshman, but if you don't have an offensive line that's going to protect you, it, it's not going to do you that much good. Last thought, guys. Do, y- do y'all really agree with, and I think that y'all may have talked about it the other day, I just have been able to catch bits and pieces, but I, I don't know that I'm buying the whole argument of that Auburn's offense or Auburn's defense just doesn't have the talent to compete in every game that they play. And, I, you know, I, I don't know that – granted, we've had a lot of roster mismanagement, but it just – going back and watching some of the games this past weekend and watching games last year and knowing – you know, I mean, to watch Landon King make that catch on Saturday, and he that was the only target he got. And, I, you know, no matter how it comes about, just watching other football teams and seeing, you know, how they get their playmakers involved. Somebody just as simple as Georgia. Now, granted, Georgia's offensive line is really good. I'm not comparing Landon King to Brock Bowers or Darnell Washington or anybody like that. But when you've got playmakers, especially, you know, in the, in the instance of Tank only getting nine carries, when you've got playmakers and they've proven to make plays and you don't try to get them the ball, I, I just I don't know that I buy the whole argument that Auburn doesn't have enough talent to try to make a spark or to try to, you know, move the ball downfield or try I it just it's schematics. I go back to schematics over and over. It's just 
way too obvious to me as I, I'm a baseball coach for a living, and it just it's way too obvious to me that these guys just are not preparing week in and week out schematically for who they're going up against every Saturday. You know, I think there is. I think the argument of there's not enough talent does not apply at all to the defense. I think on the defensive side of the ball, Auburn has a lot of really, really good players, and the players that are not really, really good are pretty good. So it, the fact that Auburn got gashed the way they did against Penn State is is shocking to me because I think they're, I think they have the talent to really compete with just about anybody. Offensively, I mean, I think you said it best. As long as the offensive line is what it is, you're not going to be able to show off the talent. Now, I said on Monday, Tank didn't get enough carries, but also you can't bang your head against the wall. Landon King didn't get enough targets, but also you want him to be a downfield threat. How long do you have to get the ball to him? Uh, I think there is a talent deficiency on offense, but certainly you have good players, and you what we have seen over the past couple of years, you have better players than that. John, we gotta we got to get to an interview with Brad Law, so we're going to have to let you go, but thanks for the call today. Hey, guys, I enjoyed it. I appreciate it, and I hope you all have a good rest of your week. You have a great rest of your week as well. John, keep calling in. We'd love to hear from you. 334-887-34 locally, toll-free, 888-9-TIGER-9. So you get on the Auburn Bank phone line, but right after this, we go to that Auburn Bank phone line, and we'll use it to talk to Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network. We'll talk Auburn football as well as previewing Tiger Talk coming up tonight. You're listening to Sports Call. Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. I'm Brian Harson, head football coach of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger Call can now be heard on all Alexa, uh, Amazon Alexa devices. All you have to do is open the Alexa app on your iPhone or Android, tap the menu icon in the top left corner, tap skills and games in the menu, search for Sports Call Auburn, select the skill, then tip tap, enable to use. Then you're done. All you have to do now is say, hey Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn, and you're listening to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. If you would, t- if you would say that right now, you'd say, hey Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn, you would hear us talking to Mr. Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network on the Auburn Bank phone line as we bring him on right now. Brad, how are you doing this afternoon? Doing well, guys. How are we doing there? We are doing fantastic. We're getting ready for uh, another big night of Tiger Talk with you guys over on the Auburn Sports Network. And wanted to uh, bring you on today and kind of preview that and, of course, uh, get your take on some Auburn football. So, you know, disappointing day at Jordan-Hare Stadium last Saturday. What what was your thoughts from the booth uh, uh, last Saturday? Uh, more surprised than anything. I, um, uh, you know, Auburn had outscored its first two opponents, I think, twenty-four to nothing in the first and third quarters. So for Penn State to score seven in the first, uh, all right, well, credit to them. They they answered after Auburn got a field goal. Um, but for them to come out and win the third quarter the way that they did was a surprise. Like it was more surprising than frustrating or or any of those other emotions. I expected Auburn to come out and line up and 
uh, go toe-to-toe with Penn State. Um, so I, I was surprised, like, you know, like a lot of people uh, outside of the state of Pennsylvania were surprised at how Saturday's game played out. And then you look at, you know, since the week has progressed, you've got the news that T.J. Finley's not going to be able to play this week. Zach Calzada is going to be out. That broke a little bit a while ago. What are your thoughts on Robbie Ashford getting his first collegiate start uh, on Saturday coming up against the Missouri Tigers? Well, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, it's, you know, we talked about Robbie and what he was for this offense when, when T.J. was healthy, and that was an accent piece. And through the first two weeks, a really viable, productive accent piece. Um, I think Auburn has had 21 plays of 20 yards or more this year uh, that were not uh, that, that were not kickoff returns. And Robbie's been involved in I think half of them. Um, he's been involved in the in the two longest plays of the year offensively for Auburn. Um, but in the second half, Penn State was able to uh, key on what what he and the offense were trying to do, and he wasn't able to have the same kind of sustained success. So I, it's it's a challenge. For sure, um, it's an SEC opponent, an SEC defense. Um, it's a it's a tall task for a guy who didn't have any college playing experience before this year. Um, now, the news about TJ uh, coming earlier in the week perhaps allows them to. Well, obviously, it allows Robbie to get more first-team reps in practice, and it allows the preparation to be different. Preparation to be the number one quarterback is different than preparation to, to be an accent piece or, or to get certain packages of reps. And so hopefully that has helped as they get ready for uh, for Missouri on Saturday. And, and it's not a bad thing to say it's a challenge. I, I think Robbie would tell you that, that it's a challenge. But you know, when you're a competitor at this level, you embrace those challenges. Uh, Brad, speaking of guys who haven't gotten any college experience to this point, Holden Gurner is a name that is getting brought up a lot more as one of two scholarship quarterbacks that are going to be available for this game. Uh, for people who don't know, uh, tell us a little bit about him and, and his play style, and do you expect to see him at all on Saturday? I wouldn't be surprised if we see him. I, I you know, We may know more after tonight's show about expectations, but it wouldn't surprise me, um, in particular because <laughs> – Gosh, Robbie, you guys have seen it. Robbie goes so hard on every play. It's hard for me because of his play style for me to imagine that there's not a point in the game that, that he needs a play here and there off. And so uh, maybe that's where we see Holden. This was a quarterback that the staff really liked from an early point. Um, 6-2, They love the, the deep ball that he throws. They like his accuracy. I think he was a, a three-star in some places, a four-star in some others coming out of high school. Uh, but they like his savvy, and they like the way he throws the ball. Now, withholding like any, anything else, you know, like we talk about Robbie not having game experience, well, Holden doesn't have game experience either, and he's a true freshman. So there's a natural learning curve there. Missouri will try to exploit that with what they do defensively. I wouldn't be surprised with both of these quarterbacks uh, for Missouri to do some things it hasn't done this year. I would expect Missouri to blitz more, to try to throw a lot more junk at these two quarterbacks uh, Saturday if we do see both. 
and Brad, you know, you, you talked a little bit earlier about how Saturday it was it was very much a shock at what happened in Jordan Hare Stadium. Part of that was, you know, Penn State's offense looked so prolific. What what are your thoughts on what Auburn's defense needs to do to get right the ship a little bit and get ready for this Missouri team? And then obviously going forward, you've got LSU and Georgia on the horizon. Uh, don't play Nicholas Singleton anymore this year. <laughs> uh, would be a would be a really good start. And I say that without being flippant about. The, the effort. I mean, you give up 41 points, you're not going to win games. It's just not going to happen. So um, you, you got to be better and better at the point of attack, better with angles. I mean, Singleton's big plays uh, came on runs where he got to the outside. I thought that uh, Jason Jones and Marcus Harris and those guys plugged the middle pretty well. The linebacker play between the hat, you know, in the in the tackle box, I thought was solid. It was when he was able to break the contain and get to the outside, he used his speed. Um, on his two biggest explosive plays, that one was a touchdown and another led to a touchdown. Um, and this is the number one recruit coming out of high school last year. Not the number one running back in Pennsylvania, the number one recruit in the country. And he showed it. He showed it the last two weeks against Auburn and, and then the week before that against Ohio. I think he has five runs or six runs now, 40 or more yards on the year. So he's very, very good. But I think what Auburn saw on film this week is, is you got to work on your angles. you got to work on your pursuit. If guys get outside, you pinch down and plug the inside, and a guy's able to bounce to the outside, you've got to then react to that and, and tackle on the perimeter. And, Brad, I, I know we've, you know we've still got over half of a football season to go here, still a lot of football to be played, but earlier this week we got a glimpse of the 2023 schedule got released and you know some some highlights you've got a couple road games of places at auburn not one not used to playing or two has never played you got that cow game early in the season mm-hmm. you've got vanderbilt going up to nashville late in the season and then another you know i, I was just looking at the schedule it just seems that that georgia game just keeps creeping earlier and earlier into the season what are your thoughts on uh, i know it's too far away but that that early uh, look at the 2023 schedule uh, I don't want to be in charge of the travel budget next year. Uh, I know that, that our general manager, Ben Harling, who, who handles all of our travel, this is the easy year for him because the road games, we don't go beyond one state border for our, for our road games this year. Next year, you're going to Berkeley, California, College Station, Texas, Fayetteville, Arkansas, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and Nashville. And so Nashville's the short one next year. Uh, that's the immediate thought, and... You know, so much between now and then for, for the actual teams and the games. But yeah, my immediate thought is you're going to put a whole lot more miles next year on the travel budget than, uh, than you do this year. Are you excited about getting a chance to make that trip out to Cal? Yeah, I hope I'm still working here next year. That's, a, you know, good Lord willing and the creek don't rise. Yes, absolutely. That would be phenomenal. And we go there in baseball. It'll be two trips to California in one calendar year because – uh, I think we go there in baseball in February. So, well, I was I was gonna. That's a great segue there. You, you read my mind because we mm-hmm. got to hear in media fall practice for baseball gets started today, and yeah. Butch Thompson. We got to hear from him a little bit. He's really excited, especially about that catcher position in the outfield. I was I was gonna ask, do you have any plans to get over to Plainson Park here and, uh, soon to see the team uh, kind of work out a little bit? Yeah, we'll try to. I'm I'm interested to see who's gonna pitch and and you know who takes a, a step forward from the mound this year. Um, so many pitchers are gone off of last year's team. Tommy Sheehan really came on strong at the end of last year. It was a pivotal piece out of the bullpen for that long run to the College World Series. So, you know, does he get elevated into a starting role? Is he ready to anchor? 
uh, from the mound. Joseph Gonzalez ready to, to see him elevate to another level, and you know, goodness, the 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 ceiling on him you can't you barely even see it from here. Um, you just dynamite. So, uh, and then what other pieces have they added? I, yes, that's the long way to say yes. We'll get over there. We'll check out what they're doing at some point, and and we'll look forward to to that, and we'll look forward to crowds at Plainsman Park here in a few months that are sellout crowds and. Again, the enthusiasm around that program continues to skyrocket, and rightfully so. Well, something that's a lot more closer to us is Tiger Talk tonight. Brad over on our sister mm-hmm. station, FM Talk 93.9. Give us a preview of what's coming up on the show. I know we got Coach Brian Harson as we do every single week, but what else you got for us? Yep, Nick Kleiner, the number one ranked men's golf team, will uh, help us get started tonight out at Baumhauer's. And then we will talk to Anders Carlson, who's been nominated for the AFCA good works team a guy with two degrees from auburn and uh, number two all-time in scoring behind his brother daniel and uh, he said earlier this week he doesn't care about those records he's just trying to be there for the next field goal the next extra point and it's what makes him so successful terrific personality and so we're looking forward to having all three guests on the show tonight if i have time can i say one of the things we'll talk about too tonight that shouldn't be lost and it doesn't make up for the fact that auburn lost the penn state game but if there's a narrative out there that says the offense just isn't working like at all, Auburn had its most first downs, most number of plays, uh, and you know had over 400 yards of total offense and very nearly split the time of possession. Really, it comes down to if this offense, regardless of the one person or two people playing the quarterback position, if this offense can fix the turnover issue and then get back to what it did the first two games, which was cash in when you get into the red zone, something it did at a 100% clip in the first two games, they're going to be fine. That's a big if. But it's not like this thing doesn't have any wheels. The, the, you just got a little tweak here and there. Keep holding on to the football, and, uh, and this offense will find the end zone again regularly. So we got Tiger Talk coming up tonight, Brad. And I'll tell you what, it's going to be an early start for you guys with the Tiger Tailgate show on Saturday, but I don't know how you're going to top last week. And I was looking at the show lineup. You had Carlos Dansby, Charles Barkley, Wes Byram, yeah. Ben Obamanu, T.D. Moultrie. What, what are you guys, how are you going to top that this week? A little different feel. So we're, we're a little earlier in the day, so it's going to have a little softer touch to it this week because it's an earlier start. It's homecoming, so we're going to have the homecoming court. That's a homecoming tradition on the Tiger Tailgate show. We'll introduce the Auburn family to the five young ladies who are up for this homecoming. Uh, we will talk with Quentin Riggins on the show. Drew Fabianich, who is Auburn's GM and director of uh, uh, recruiting and player person or uh, player scouting and, and personnel, he will be on the show with us live at 9 o'clock on Saturday. And then we're also going to have uh, Kylie Carter and Loretta Freeman, who is uh, – was the SEC Women's Basketball Player of the Year in 1993. Auburn celebrating 50 years of Title IX, so we're going to have just a couple. Auburn has so many tremendous women's athletes in its in its history, recent and past. Uh, and so in Kylie and Loretta, uh, we have representatives of the very recent Auburn athletics history, and we'll go back a couple of decades with Loretta and and talk about her career. So we're excited about that guest list on Saturday. Now, who's in charge of bringing the donuts? Is it you or is it Andy on Saturday? 
I think it's you. I, I oh. think we're going to be looking for you up there around uh, seven fifty-five. If you could get there then with a couple of boxes, we would. We, you know, we'll be happy to see you. I'll, I'll see what I can do. That's this week's kind of in between paychecks, so it may be a you may yeah. get the discounted ones. Listen, anybody listening, and I've I've wanted this for six years since I came back. I've wanted somebody to bring donuts up to the stage before one of these morning games for six years, and it hasn't happened yet. So I'll just be shameless about it. Anybody listening want to bring donuts up to the stage about 7.55, we will greatly appreciate it. Call to action for the Auburn family. Get Brad Law and Andy Bertram some donuts on Saturday. There you go. That's right. And everybody else, listen, now, those guys, those former players will mow through some donuts. You think Sam White, Jason Campbell, and Ronnie Brown won't take down some donuts? Uh, Listen, you got to fight for them. Yeah, well, that's all. We just got to bring enough. That's all. <laughs> Follow him on Twitter at AU Brad Law. As always, Brad, thanks so much for the time, and we'll talk to you again soon. You got it. Thank you, guys. War Eagle. War Eagle. That was Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. And that is going to uh, just about do it for this hour of the program is he he talked about you know we look looking ahead at you know we're still in the middle of this this football season but looking ahead it's it's going to be exciting for those guys to get to travel out to california for the baseball and uh in february and then turn around and in uh in december get out there or i said december in september get out there and go for uh for football out there next year and we'll see uh it we'll see a lot of travel next year for these Auburn sports programs. And, of course, you're coming into town this weekend. You just heard him. Maybe bring him some donuts to the stage. I don't know if I can. Maybe we'll get a, our friend Ryan Lavoy get some donuts out there this weekend. We'll see if he'll, he'll be willing to do that. That is the first hour of the show, and it has come to a close. I'm Brooks Childress, Drew Behenna, Brant Daughtry are both in studio. It is time for our top of the hour break which features brad law again talking in the auburn sports update as well as our friend kevin McAlpin from the braves video network on the braves update two more hours to go sports call returns in a little bit One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starts right now on Tiger 95.9. Also, our website, thetiger.fm. You can find us streaming on our Sports Call page and on the Tiger.fm page because we are everywhere. Also, we're on the Sports Call podcast, which you can find everywhere. I'm Brooks Childress, sitting in... The captain's chair today for Mr. J.J. Jackson has a day off out of town today. Drew Behenna, our intern for the semester, joins us in studio, returning once again 
had fun the last time you were here. I think yeah. I hosted one of the last times you were in here too. I believe that, yes, this is only my second show, and I think you at least hosted half of that first one. Look at that. Maybe it's just, we're, maybe we're the new dream team. Brant's also here. I'm here. Brant, you're also on the dream team. Thank you. This whole sports call staff is on the dream team. How about that? There you go. I'm not going to throw good anybody synergy. under the bus. I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus. That's good office culture. That's right. what that is. All of our former hosts are also part of this dream team. Mm. Shout out Javon Cutler, one of the more recent departures. Mm. Shout out Bill Bailey, another one of our more recent departures from uh, Sports Call. Also, uh, I was never on a show with Bill Bailey, and it, it, it makes me sad every time I think about that. Man, we're, we're going to have to get him, get him back here at some point. I know he's teased it several times, but we're going to have to reel him back in at some point, get him back in here. But 334-887-341-LOCALLY, toll free one 888 is how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. We can't wait to hear from you. As we start the second hour, I want to give you a... Uh, a uh, Look ahead once again. Next hour, we're going to have Bill Bender, National College Football Writer for Sporting News, will be on with us. Of course, we'll finish out the show with the Nightly TV Guide at the end. So give us your calls early and often as we continue on through. A lot of headlines being made in the Auburn football world. Uh, we talked to Brad Law in last uh, hour, talked a little bit about this Auburn Tigers football team coming into this Missouri game. Um, but yeah, still, you know, a lot of, a lot of headlines you know, we, we talked about it with John from Georgia in our first hour. Uh, he called in. But, guys, you know, we, we talked, you know, you, you look at the quarterback situation. Robbie Ashford, Holden Gurner, it looks like is going to be the two quarterbacks going forward, uh, at least this week. We don't know what the future looks like for T.J. Finley coming back or not. We don't know the extent of that injury. We just know that it's more than likely he's going to be out for this game this weekend. And so when you look at those two quarterbacks, what what is your thoughts on those two guys take now with the reins for this offense i remember when holden gurner committed to auburn i were i really loved his film uh what i watched on him he can make every throw he knows he knows how to read high school coverages and again in college uh, brad said it best there's a very steep learning curve when it comes to playing quarterback from high school to college and it's tough for a kid to make that jump in one year uh especially in an offense that asks asks its quarterback to read a lot, which uh, Brian Harson's offense does, and you know it, it's uh, it's a lot to ask a true freshman to come in behind a, an offensive line whose woes are well documented, and receivers who you've got some talent there, but they they haven't really put it all together. You've got a, you've got great running backs for sure. So if you want to just turn around and hand it off to them. That's never going to be a terrible option. Uh, but I, I, I like what I see from Holden Gurner. I love the potential of him. It's just, is he ready? And I, I think the answer is no, but he better get there in a hurry. Um, with Robbie Ashford, uh, it's no secret. Everybody knows what he is. He is incredibly athletic, dynamic with the ball in his hands, um, and can throw the ball a mile. Now, can he throw it accurately? Can he make those 10 to 15-yard intermediate throws? We haven't seen that from him this year. Uh, it's he's a home run he's he's a home runner strikeout kind of guy, and you need more than what you've seen from him so far because his interceptions he's thrown two and they've both been pretty bad, um, but he has thrown probably the best throw of the year, and he has I, Brad said it himself he's been involved in Auburn's two most explosive plays, so you've got potential there. It's a matter of can those two guys, or whichever guy they decide to go with, can that guy put it together for four quarters and be consistent enough 
to move the ball. Because, again, Missouri's not great. Missouri is not a great football team, uh, but neither is Auburn right now. So it's a matter of consistency. Especially, man, I, Brad, said it, Brad said it best, Auburn put up about 400 yards of offense in the Penn State game. They, they just couldn't finish. They couldn't finish in the red zone. Auburn left so many points on the field because they couldn't get into the end zone. And, it, you know, obviously Auburn might still lose the game, but it's, it certainly looks better <laughs> if you're able to execute in the red zone. And if Auburn can do that against Missouri, and, again, Penn State is a better team than Missouri is, in my opinion. If you can do that against Missouri, I like the chances. But if you can't, then if you can't, if you can't do it against this bunch, then it's going to be a very, very long season. I'll second one thing you said that I really liked. Ashford has kind of seemed like a home run or strikeout kind of guy, and what I'd like to see against Missouri is I presume he will be the starter is just a couple base hits. Like you said, those 10 to 15-yard passes that we haven't really seen him throw because when he's in, it's usually for a run or like we've seen, the the deep ball. Um, Just if he can be consistent with those check down passes – hitting Tank or Jarquez on a five-yard out route, I think his completion percentage will continue to rise, and we know what he can do on his feet. So I'm excited to watch him kind of settle in a little bit more. He doesn't have the worry of, oh, if I make this bad pass, I'm going to get yanked, TJ's coming right back in. He's going to have a little bit more wiggle room this game. Robbie Ashford, Holden Gurner, going forward for this at least this game, looks like they are the two quarterbacks – that Auburn is going to be riding with this weekend against the Missouri Tigers. Let's go ahead and hit our first break, the second hour. Back to the Auburn Bank phone line with your calls when we come back after this break, or and during this break, I should say. Also, another check of your weather with our good friend Ryan Lavoy. You're listening to Sports Call. We have your attention, please. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi, my name is what? My name is My name is Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. I'm Sammy Coates, former Auburn football player and all-SEC wide receiver, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. song makes me want to be like one of those like Sunday night slow jam DJs. Welcome back to Thursday afternoon slow jams on Sports Call. I see what you're saying. Yeah. We're going to shout this out. This is uh, Silk Sonic. Yes, it is. Skate by Silk Sonic. Bruno Mars and uh, a couple other people. want to give a shout out to all of our listeners out there. That having a rough day, you're going to get through it. Was that good? That was work? fantastic. Right. You're, I think you you're wonderful. You're should, wonderful. It was absolutely flawless. Should I go to upper management and say, can I get a Sunday Night Slow Jam song? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. On Kate? Absolutely. Oh, you don't think on Alternative Rock? I don't think do that's... I don't know, man. You don't think I could do it on Alternative Rock music? I think you could do it. I just don't know if that's the best idea. Maybe we should just do Sports Call talking like that kind of voice one day. 
and just not let anybody know what's happening just to, no the, ooh, yeah april fool's day next year all right that there's an a, idea that could be an april fool's day next year write it down uh sports call on a thursday we'll get back on topic now i'm brooks shoulder sitting in the driver's seat for jj jackson out of town today drew behenna our intern sits in studio with us as well as are not never was an intern just got hired straight on mr brant daughtry yeah man i got a degree and i was like can i come work and they're all like yeah man come on so uh come on degrees do get you jobs folks that is what they say <laughs> that is what they that say. is what they say three three four eight eight seven thirty four one locally toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine is how you get on the auburn bank phone line let's go back to the auburn bank phone line we'll take a trip down to south alabama to fairhope and it is war damn steve retired war damn steve is joining us on that auburn bank phone line steve thanks for holding on how are you good today hey um i'm doing pretty good so far uh i enjoy some of the stuff that uh, Brad Law said. Uh, and, uh, Brooks, you know, if you had been around in the uh, late 70s, I think, yeah, early 80s, you would have loved to have probably been the DJ at uh, WKRP in Cincinnati uh, who did the midnight uh, show. His, his name was called, he went by the name of Venus. Okay. Uh, you ought to catch him, maybe uh, you can catch him on live streaming or get him on YouTube. Are you familiar with that TV set combo? Uh, WKRP in Cincinnati? I've heard about it. I've never watched it, but it's always intrigued me, especially, you know, while I work in radio, and so that I, I, that's always, in, that's been a show that's kind of intrigued me. I'm like, should I, I probably should go watch it, but I've never, that one, and then uh, what was the other one? Frasier, because, you know, Frasier did, did a yeah. radio talk show. I've I was been intrigued by some of those, but I've never gotten around to watching those. Yeah, well, that's really good, good. Okay, so moving on, how about something kind of, you know, at least positive here. All right. I see Mr. Aaron Judge um, have a chance to tie Roger Mercer's record again tonight against Boston, right? Yep. And uh, he still has, what, after that, uh, I think, what, 14 or 13 more games left to go? Yeah, it's about 13 games left in the season, so he, he can blow this record out of the water. Yeah, he should be able to. All right. I also saw where the LIV golfers are uh, not going to be allowed to compete in the President's Cup this year. Yeah, that that started today, and uh, there are no live, uh, live golfers in the field uh, this year, and so that's uh, taking place up in Charlotte, North Carolina, this year. And so I know I was watching; uh, we had it on the office earlier. I know I saw Jordan Spieth was uh, was out there competing, but you know you you don't have any live golfers out there this year. So how that affects the the play, you know, you don't know. But it's again that that it continues to be one of those controversial topics, especially in the golf world of the live golfers versus everybody else. Yeah. Well, uh, moving on to uh, your uh, conversation with Brad, you know, I know that you're, you know, an affiliate uh, with them, so I don't know how awkward it is for you guys to throw hardball questions at him. Uh, I would have hoped that you would have asked him, I'd like to ask him, you know, uh, what does he make of the just appalling, you know, um, I guess, status of our recruitment? That we're, that, that we're obviously, you know, I know it's just bad, but we are at the bottom two of teams. The SEC. Did you know that when it comes to recruiting? Yeah, I saw that because uh, that you know there was a lot of people that were out there you know taking a Twitter and saying you know people were saying well you can't you know you can't fire you know Harson's going to blow up recruiting and then other people were you know sending people back and say what recruiting are we going to blow up so it, it hasn't been the best and that's been one of the big talking points against uh, Coach Harson this week uh, in uh, several different uh, area uh, you know. Articles have come out about recruiting and such under Harson, and so there, there's that. That's a really, really big issue right now that a lot of people have, and it, it's you know you look at it, you know you you look at the uh, the the rankings. 
And if you're an Auburn fan, you shouldn't be happy with where the recruiting is right now. Well, you do know who the other team is that's tied with us for the uh, lowest ranking in the SEC for recruits, right? I would assume it's Vanderbilt. No, I would have thought so, too. Uh, it's actually our next opponent. Oh, yeah. and, uh, and Missouri. You know, there's a lot of people. You know, I think someone, we interviewed someone earlier in the week, and uh, they mentioned, I can't remember who I, who said it, but they mentioned that this this game is may not necessarily be the uh, 2016 Auburn LSU game where the loser gets you know get, gets kicked out of their job, but it could be you know it, it's a close one. It, it could start a bear you know a, a snowball effect for whichever coach loses this game on Saturday. Well, this is how to me just this is this is, this should never be Auburn football, but this is what it is. Here are the facts: Missouri is ranked 59th nationally with 11 commitments. We have sit down 10 commitments. One less than they do, and we're running 54th and 13th in the SEC. Uh, and if you really want to know about the recruiting, how really bad it's gotten, um, we had seven five-star recruits in the state of Alabama. Mm-hmm. We got none of them. Alabama got three of them. Clemson got two of them. Man. Georgia got one. Florida got one. Florida State got one of them. Florida State! Uh, you know, it's... I, I I don't know what you know. I'm I'm not in the room with them. I, none of us are in the room with them. You know, making all these recruiting calls and and selling the program. But that's not good. You know, when you you're getting beat out in your own state, it's one thing to get beat out in your own state by you know by Alabama and it, it you know Georgia with Kirby Smart's ties in the state of Alabama. You could possibly see Georgia beating Auburn out a little bit. Clemson's reached in. Dabo Sweeney knows the area. He started to reach in and get a few. But when you're when you're losing to you know a, a Florida and a Florida State when they've been on you know a, a marginal teams for the past few years, that's not good. No, and I guess I would have hoped that maybe uh, you know Brad. I don't mean to put you you know in an awkward position, but I guess I would have wanted from Brad Law to. Get his thoughts. What is his explanation for why the recruiting is, is just really so deficient? And he wants to see how really deficient it is. This was really uh, just a, a very, very, very uh, unfortunate uh, stats here. You know, traditionally, Auburn has done extremely well to get people from the state of Georgia. Have we not? Yeah. Yeah, there's, I, yeah there was not, one. I not said. with this recruiting, Coach. Uh, here we go. Of the 38 players, this is from Auburn 247 Sports. Of the 38 players ranked four stars or higher in Georgia in the 2023 class, how many would you say Auburn's gotten? Uh, I don't know. I think Auburn only has maybe one, one, maybe two players. I can think of one, maybe two or three that are committed from Georgia right now. Is that Brent? Yes, sir. You're, you're right, sir. Two. Two of them only. Two. We used to get people like to kill spikes uh, from, all, from all, all over Georgia, and that's uh, this is, to me, yes, okay. Uh, so that's how bad it's gotten when it comes to recruiting. Uh, and I, I don't know, you know what explains it, except for maybe this article, which is also on Auburn Undercover, by a uh, 247 Sports uh, a reporter by the name of Matthew Wallace. And the article, if you haven't read it, it's pretty depressing. It says, Alabama's high school coaches give mixed reviews to Harson's recruiting efforts. Have you read that article? Steve, I have read that article, and it it did change my opinion about a lot of things because I've been very defensive of Brian Harson. Uh, I, I thought his first recruiting cycle, uh, he was behind the eight ball because, again, you don't start recruiting these guys when they're seniors in high school. Some of these guys get contacted 
as eighth graders. You know, not everybody, but some of these guys do. And the guys that are really, really good, most guys get their first letter from somebody uh, when they're a sophomore in high school. And Brian Harson was coming in and trying to build relationships over one year. Uh, his second recruiting cycle, I thought it was poor because of what went on over the offseason. That whole, we all know what happened, the investigation, the accusations right. around Some him. This is not his fault. However, unless you just see it differently, you know, there's no excuse for those comments I read, and I know you read them from some of the high-profile yeah, schools. Absolutely, and coaches said what? They and said, and look, that's that's what I'm Harson. that's what I'm getting to is. I've been defensive of Harson because of those reasons. If there's any truth to those quotes, and and for those who haven't read the article, the quotes say basically Harson has not been to those schools. Uh, the assistants are going. Um, there there are some staffers going, but Harson himself has not made visits to those schools. And Saban has. Uh, Lane Kiffin has been down a couple of times. Kirby Smart is going to them. Brian Harson has not shown his face. And if there's any truth to those articles, and we all have reason to believe they are, because why would these coaches lie? Uh, then Brian Harson doesn't have any business coaching at Auburn because it, you've got to be able to go out and recruit. You've got to go – going above and beyond is no longer going above and beyond. It is now the expectation. Uh, so Brian Harson has to get out there and show his face if he wants to salvage any kind of recruiting class, and the fact is he hasn't. And if he's not willing to, then I don't want him coaching at Auburn. And what's really – to me just really just depressing is to hear uh, or read one of the coaches saying that uh, Saban, who, you know, I don't have any affection for him, they said, well, come to their school even when they don't have any uh, uh, recruits uh, yeah. you know, uh, on the list. They just go to schools anyway. Uh, but they did say some complimentary things about Zach Etheridge and Cadillac. Yeah, so look, Zach, Zach Etheridge and Cadillac Williams and Ike Hilliard, I think, have all been fantastic. I, I think that's, I think a lot of the staff under Harson is, is really good, especially at recruiting. Um, but yeah, the head coach has to go out there, and you're right. Nick Saban is out there building relationships with coaches, uh, even if they don't have any players that he's super interested in in that class. There's going to be somebody there at some point, uh, and you know it's one of those things. My that that article that you're referencing, Steve, changed a lot of my opinions on Brian Harson. Yeah, I want him to succeed, guys. I just I, I'm, I'm off. Uh, I'm off. Uh, that, that Friday, uh, and along, and even more so after I read Phil Marshall's column today. I don't know if you read that one yet, guys. It's called "A Strange Time to Be Covering Auburn Football." Have you read it? I have not gotten uh, to peek at that one yet. Well, as a journalist, you might really enjoy reading this, or not enjoy, but at least find it uh, revealing. Uh, he talks about that he's tried many times to have a sit-down interview with Brian Harson, never has been able to do it. Uh, he said he's only had about three interactions with him, and they were all very just kind of terse and brief. And um, then he talks about, you know, that uh, uh, the, the, uh, the people that have left us, uh, since Harson, I'm sorry to talk about players, and he said that really so the, the football players that have left us, uh, including Bo Nix, he says, uh, left for all the programs. Well, he said those who have remained or replaced them aren't any better than them or even as good. And then he goes on to say, is there a way to explain what has happened in Auburn football? And he says, why would a team uh, most all would be at least competitive play so poorly? He says, he says, I have no no answers. And I want to back at you guys. You know, you talked about the offensive uh, deficiencies. And I heard Brad Law talk about it. What I didn't hear Brad Law, and I was asking, how do you explain that I think, except for maybe Nick Brahms, all the other offensive line players were the same players that played last year at Penn State, were they not? 
I'm trying to think. Uh, no, uh, Tayshawn Manning is no longer here, and Bradarius Ham was no longer here. So you've got three new starters. Okay, I'm just scratch my head. How do we play this badly uh, here at home that we didn't do at uh, Penn State? Yeah, uh, that's okay. that's a valid question for sure. Um, as far as to the other things you pointed out in the Philip Marshall article. I don't think Harson has done a one-on-one sit-down with any member of the media, and most coaches don't. I don't think most coaches don't do that. Um, Bruce Pearl has. Bruce Pearl has, but everybody loves Bruce Pearl, and Bruce Pearl wants to be in front of a camera as much as possible. Right, uh, and he's he's kind of he's the that, exception. That, he is the exception. Most guys don't do but that. That's, I, I would, that's what we need, guys. We need a Bruce Pearl because that's what endears you to the community. I think what fans. endears you to the community is winning. Right, but if you're not winning, then you need to do the other part too. I'm going to say also, I would, you know, you you would think that if Philip Marshall's writing this article saying, you know, pointing this out, that means other coaches have done it in the past with him. That yeah, that's why, yeah, yeah. He said uh, all the way from Coach Jordan because he's been around a long time to uh, Malzahn. Uh, he he said that that they did it with him. I'm just saying, if you're not winning, then the other part you need to do is at least. Get uh, you know so some, some support and endear yourself to, to the fans and community. That's how Tubman uh, ended up you know not uh, not getting kicked out with Jetgate because they came from his support, right? Yeah. Well, it, look again. I just I winning will make a fan base love you, and losing will make a fan base hate you, uh, regardless of how much you do in the community. Because Malzahn was loved by everybody who knew him, but he still got fired. Well, okay. Uh, let's move on for that and. Uh, let me uh, kind of throw this stuff at you. You know, I know I said mark my word. Well, I'm going to do another mark my word. Hopefully, uh, I'll be a little bit more accurate in this. Mark my word, guys. I'm going to make this a fearless forecast because the fearless forecast already did their um, forecast on Auburn 247. If we lose this game Saturday, then mark my word, either within 24 hours or within the same two hours, Harson will no longer be our coach. And that, that's a fair assessment yeah. because this is a, a you look at this Auburn schedule going down the wire. The you know if if you if they play like they did against Penn State throughout the rest of the year, this Missouri team is one of your more winnable games. The Western Kentucky game is one of your more winnable games, and you've got you know you've got to find you know if you're Ryan Harson, you got to find some other wins in there. But you you know we talked about it earlier in the week. You this Auburn team, despite their challenges right now, is more talented than this Missouri team coming up. And so you've got to be able to come in here and you've got, you know, just for morale's sake for the team, you've got to have a bounce back game after last week. You can't just, you know, come out and be flat again, even though it's an 11 a.m. game. And, you know, there's all crazy stuff happens at 11 a.m. People have always talked about, you know, chaos Auburn coming up at 11 a.m. They're they're playing a team that they should beat and it's really close. You if you're Auburn, if you're Brian Harson, not just because of your job, but because of what happened last weekend, you've got to come out and you've got to say a message that that wasn't the team that we know we are, and you've got to come out and you've got to play a better football game on Saturday. Well, I'll add one more, mark my word, All okay, right. to see if this happens. Uh, I read that Tiger's comments uh, about uh, his prediction in the game. He has us uh, losing by a field goal. So I'm going to say this. If we not just lose again, but if we just barely win the game by a field goal, then I'm going to say we will uh, – win no more SEC games for the remainder of the season. That'll be our only uh, SEC win if we win by no more than a field goal. And, and that's a fair yeah. assessment. Because this, this is certainly the easiest game you have yeah. left other than that uh, paycheck game right before the Iron Bowl. 
I'm saying there's no chance we're going to win any more SEC games if we have to struggle at home and win by a field goal over Logan, Missouri. That's I mean that's a fair assessment because uh, you know you like you said you pointed out the recruiting on Missouri's side of things is just as bad as Auburn's. You've looked at their schedule. They they've played you know they played Kansas State uh, early, or two weeks ago, lost that game, but didn't look good losing it either. And then they haven't really looked good in their two other non-conference games so far this year. I, they they struggled a little bit with the the score is a little bit different with the Abilene Christian game. They did end up winning. I think it was like thirty four to fourteen, but it was closer there for a little bit between those two and so you know you look at it that's i think that's a fair assessment that you if you don't you know if you barely win this game or you uh you know you lose this game you may not be looking at a you know, a win in the sec but on the other hand even if you do win this game by a field goal if you can pull this you know if it's a struggle and you pull it out you never, you know, a win is a win, and then if you're, you know, you're on that team, you look at that, you're so check. We've got a win in the SEC column. Let's build off of that. And so it, it can't, you know, you it not necessarily guarantee. Oh, you know, I, I wouldn't go as far as to guarantee that if Auburn were to just win this game very close by a field goal or something, that it would be disastrous in the, in the SEC schedule. But it surely wouldn't be a very big positive. Okay, well, I'm just saying it's going to be disastrous. I'm just saying right now, if we have to struggle to win by field goal, then we will not win any more SEC games. And, and like I said, fair assessment. All right. Uh, moving on, guys. You know, I don't know how well you know Brad Law or Andy Burcham or even Stan White. What, well, how much, well, what's, your, what's your sense of how much intel these three guys have or don't have regarding uh, what status is with Harson uh, and and the goings on or is it only the dr richards knows what's going to happen so i mean they're they're employees of the university i'm sure they hear rumblings and stuff i'm sure they hear you know rumors around what's going on but i don't you know they're not sitting in the meetings that to to know what's going down with you know what what is happening around campus so uh, i'm sure i'm sure when something big goes down they know something a little bit sooner than most, you know, the the public or even the the media, but it's not that far in advance. They're not, you know, inside inside guys. Okay, all right. And uh, who we have left? You know, if uh, if Ashley, because I've already read from uh, some insiders, they said they they have inside information. One of these guys is pretty accurate, saying that uh, there also is um, Ashley is somewhat injured himself. Did you guys have you read that? I'm going to say, uh, you know, we, we talked about it a little bit earlier, or, and I think, uh, you know, you you look at it, it, it was, he, he did get a little banged up, and I think it was the Mercer game. He got a little bit banged up, but it, you know, obviously it's nothing too as serious as a TJ Finley injury that's going to keep him out. And, you know, it, it's football. You're going to get banged up. Nobody is 100% healthy. From As soon as that ball is snapped on that first uh, play of fall camp, Nobody is 100% healthy out there. So there, there, I believe it was a little bit in the, in, I think it was the Mercer game. It was mentioned earlier. Somebody mentioned it earlier uh, that it was the, the Mercer game. He got a little bit banged up, and, but, you know, you come back, and he, he's still playing right now. And so I, I don't know what to make of that injury news. And I, I don't know if you guys knew it, but I didn't know it until I read it on 247 Sports. That apparently Finley was injured uh, in the San Jose State game, coming to his Penn State game. Yeah, I, I read that. He got hit at some point and did bang up one of his shoulders. It's the other one that is hurt in this one. So, I mean, but like Brooks said, football is a very physical game. Everybody gets hurt. Nobody is 
uh, after the first game and throughout the rest of the season. So it, it, nicks and bruises happen, uh, and and people get hurt, you know. Uh, but look, you, you hope it doesn't happen to your quarterback, but it has happened to Auburn. So the next guy has to step up. Well, does this say anything or not about our physical and strength strength conditioning coaching? I don't think so. No. But I say you. I mean, no. you, you've also heard. This, this, this is this is not a this is not a small muscle issue. This is a. I got you, hit. You, you you got hit by a very large person and your shoulder landed wrong and, and you know there's only you cannot build up muscles that will keep your shoulder in its socket and you've heard you know uh, you've heard the, about uh, stuff coming out about the strength conditioning staff since they got here that they were a lot more physical and you, you know you, you've seen it there you get a lot more they've been bulking the guys up a lot more because they were trying to move away from that you know hurry up no huddle offense that Gus Malzahn ran and more and we've talked about you know Brian Harson likes to run more of that pro style which means you got to get the guys bigger you got to get them more physical and that's what the the strength and conditioning staff has been doing so like like a uh, Brant said it it's that whatever injuries are uh, on the quarterbacks is a I got hit really hard by another big person well about that physicality guys I really haven't seen the physical aggressiveness I thought we'd be seen by our defense I mean they they, they they hardly, you know, uh, sniffed and sacking uh, any of these quarterbacks. It's a fair assessment. Uh, I, I, the defense has not played up to its ability to this point. Uh, I don't think physicality is the biggest issue, but uh, I think maintaining your gap, maintaining your gap, aggressiveness, especially on the part of the def- defensive backs, is one of the reasons you haven't seen a lot of turnovers. Um, there's there's a lot going on at Auburn right now. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. Okay, well, we'll leave it at that. And uh, any of you guys going to the game? I will be there. I was going to say, Brant will be there. Drew, are you going? I'll be in the control room. I will be in the press box. Brant, you're going as a fan. Mm-hmm. So, North end zone. So three, all three of us will be there in some form or fashion. Okay. Uh, now, it should be, what, uh, in the 80s? I think so, in, in mid, mid-80s. So it should be, should be a little bit cooler than we saw the last weekend. Okay. Do you expect... Uh, uh, very much for crowd. That's a great question. I not mean, really. I mean, you, you honestly, not really. You look at you know what tickets have already been sold, and so I, I think you could see you know somewhere in the mid eighties, uh, maybe. But you know, I, I think I would say you know the floor would be you know seventy five thousand. The ceiling would be eighty three thousand, somewhere around there. Okay. Well, uh, I'll be watching game, but I'm no more you know having uh, the need for any Petrobismol or anything else because. I, I'm just, uh, I, I just, I feel uh, demoralized at this point uh, after, uh, I, I don't know, if I uh, drank too much uh, you know, Kool-Aid, you know, leaving Harson's comments during uh, the summer and, and, and spring, you know, training, you know, that they were well prepared. Uh, I just don't see the evidence for it, guys. And I, I, I just think, you know, that Harson probably is not the, the fit I was hoping he would be uh, for us. Do you guys disagree on that? I mean, we you know you always as soon as he was hired, there was a lot of people questioning his fit. I still you know, and part of me still thinks that he can be successful because he was successful at Boise State. But a lot of stuff has got to change. You know, you've heard heard the stuff, and you brought it up about the recruiting. You 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 know, we've brought up about you know some of the game planning and stuff, and it some something he's got to take another step forward. I still think, and somewhere inside of me still thinks that he can be successful at Auburn because he has been a successful coach elsewhere but he's got to and he's got to take a couple more steps forward and he's got to do it quick or else he's not going to get the chance to you know to improve at Auburn well 
Uh, I'd like to believe that. I just don't see the evidence for it, guys, especially when you see the second half. Uh, we're, we're, we're getting uh, you know our heads bashed in in the second half by all these teams. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, it's, I'm I'm with Brooks. I, th- I I think that Brian Harson is not a bad football coach. I think he could be successful somewhere, uh, but I I I'm I'm kind of at the point where I think his time at Auburn has run its course. Uh, I I don't think that there's any pulling back from this, honestly. Uh, and I I wish him the best. I don't think he's a bad football coach, but uh, I don't know. I I don't know. I'm I every time I make a prediction, I'm wrong. So. Well, we'll, I, we'll I, see. I agree with, with what you said as well, Brent. Uh, you know, I just don't think he's the, the best coach for us. I think we need someone who knows the SEC. I, you know, maybe, but I, I think you need somebody who knows the importance of recruiting, regardless right. of where but he's from. You got to know. You, you got to know who you're competing against. You know, you can't be afraid uh, to, to to go out and recruit uh, the people that Saban goes after, the people that. You know, yeah, and uh, look, Auburn. Auburn is a program that is capable of getting five-star talent. It just has to get somebody in here who can get it. I mean, we we we've got no five-star talent uh, recruited yet. None. Yeah. Zero. That's not what Auburn is used to doing. At least uh, not not in my you know seventy uh, years of uh, uh, being an Auburn fan. You know, we always get five-star players, maybe one or two, but we have zero. Yeah. It's like I said, something has got to just, you know, something's got to, he's, he's got to take a step forward in a lot of different aspects. Recruiting is definitely, definitely one of those. All right. I'm through rambling. I'm through whining, complaining. So uh, let's hope the Braves uh, come alive uh, these next road games. You got what, seven in a row? Yeah, there are uh, four at Philadelphia and then three at Washington next week. What about the Mets? Uh, the Mets. Uh, I don't know what the Mets are doing this weekend. They every don't. Every time ha- we win, they win. They yeah, and then every time the Braves lose, they lose. They've right. got. They have got three with the Athletics this weekend on the road out west, and then they are back at home against the Marlins for two next week. And so it's a it's a pretty easy schedule until the Braves and the Mets meet next weekend. Oh boy, here we go. Yep, <laughs> it's never easy for the Braves. No, it sure isn't. All right, guys. Hey, thank you very much for giving me all the time you have. I know I've rambled a lot more than I deserve to be allowed, so uh, I appreciate it. Um, hopefully I'll get a chance to uh, ramble some more tomorrow. But uh, you have a safe afternoon, and you guys uh, I deserve a lot better uh, phone calls probably than I can give you. So until next time, War Eagle, guys. War Eagle Steve. That War was Eagle. retired War Damn Steve joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Let's go ahead and head to our next break. When we come back, we wrap up the second hour of the program right after this. you want to join our conversation tweet us your thoughts on twitter at sports call au i'm Corey grant former auburn football and nfl running back and you are listening to sports call on tiger 95.9 Sports Call on a Thursday rolls on. Sports Call podcast is anywhere you get your podcast. More specifically, if you've got an Android phone device, you can find it on the Google Play Store. Find the link to that, a direct link to our podcast in the Google Play Store on our Twitter page at Sports Call AU right now. 334-887-34 and locally toll free one 9 tiger 9 is how you can get on the Auburn Bank 
phone line. We've got just a few more minutes left here in the th- second hour of the show. I'm Brooks Childress, filling in for J.J. Jackson, our intern Drew Behenna in here with us today. Brant Daughtry also here. So let's go back to the Auburn Make phone line with just a few minutes left, and we come back to Auburn, and it is... Keith from Auburn. Keith has called in. Keith, how are you doing this afternoon? Yeah, great. Hey, I wanted to uh, make a response to Anthony calling in yesterday. I never said that Auburn didn't have $18 million to buy out Harson's contract in the middle of the year. My point was, who do they have on the staff that is confident to be the interim coach for the rest of the season? That's my question. And, and, and I don't know. I mean, I, maybe I heard the name Zach Etheridge, but uh, how long has he been coaching college football? Uh, it hasn't been too many years, and you know he's he's uh, he's only been a position coach. He's never been in that coordinate coordinator position, so it, it right. hasn't been that long. Yeah, I, I will say this: if you go back eighteen, nine, I don't know when Harson was hired. The, the Auburn base and the Auburn football problem would be in a heck of a lot better shape right now if they'd went ahead and promoted Kevin Steele to the head football coach because he's been in the SEC and understands that. Um, it, and here's the thing. I, I read the Sports Illustrated article this morning, uh, and, and these high school coaches in the state of Alabama spoke in um, n- or whatever you want to call that. Uh, not one coach said that Brian Harson had been to their school for a visit. Every one of them said that Nick Saban at least made one visit during the year, whether they had a kid to recruit or not. So if you want to know why recruiting is where it's at, that's a big part of it right there. They did speak highly of the assistants and said that they, you know, that they had come by um, and, 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 and talked with the coaches, but you know, if, if the guy on the other state is doing that and the guy on the other state ain't doing nothing, I can tell you why that's happening. One, Brian Harson is way out of his league. How in the world would you ever think Auburn would hire a coach from Boise State? He shows up here. He's way over his head, and he builds himself and puts himself in a cocoon because he don't know what to do. Never makes any changes at halftime. And that's why uh, Auburn football is in the mess that they are today. Bottom line. And, and eventually, whenever that is, two weeks, three weeks, or in the football season when they let him go, and they will, I mean, that's, that's, there's no way to turn what's happening to Auburn around. Absolutely no way. You don't have athletes, just like Tom Peavy said. The athletes aren't there. A lot of that's Gus Malzahn's fault, and a lot of it's Brian Harson's fault, and it ain't getting any better. So you got to cut your losses. And, and, and I will say this. I, I'm going to go back, and I'll make this statement. And if you don't believe me, go back and, and pull the numbers. But since 2005, Auburn University leads the country in buyouts for college coaches. I believe it. I mean, it, it's just unreal. Somebody, sometime, is going to have to step up, make a decision to go out and hire a football coach that can coach football and win ball games. You ain't had that in a while. Gus Malzahn did okay. I still, I always said he was smoking mirrors. He tried every way in the world to run trick plays and everything else, and that's what he did, and that's how he survived. And then recruiting finally caught up with him, and now he's left. 
and then you go to UCF, and he's doing the same thing down there. I mean, you know, it's just out of control, and uh, he's a high school football coach. So you went from a high school football coach to a Boise State head football coach that has no clue how the SEC operates and the talent level and what it takes to win in the SEC. So if I'm Auburn, I don't know if it's the boosters. I don't know if it's the president. I don't know if it's whoever the the interim AD is. Now, you better get together and get your head screwed on straight. And this next hire better be a good one. Better be somebody that's got SEC experience, possibly with head coaching experience. Doesn't necessarily have to be. But I would say the next hire at Auburn needs to have head coaching experience in the SEC. Now, whoever that is, you guys, you can take a guess as good as I can. I don't have a clue on that. I've got one last question. I'm going to jump over to baseball right quick. All right. How many games left in the major leagues? How many games the Braves have left? The, the Braves have 13 left. Okay. So it's a very good possibility that they will have, I don't know what their record was last year, but they would have a better record than they did last year winning the uh, division and be the wild card team, correct? Yes. Okay, but the last three games of the season, the Mets are in Atlanta, is that correct? Uh, so the Braves play the Mets uh, next weekend, and then they've got one more series after that. So it's that second-to-last series. Okay, who, who do they play the very last series? Um, I want to say... Is it the Phillies, maybe? It is. I, I want to say it's the Marlins. But, yeah, it's it's at the Marlins. They wrap okay. up the series at the Marlins. Sometimes that's never good when when Atlanta goes to the Marlins. But uh, yeah. I'm excited how this all, all uh, pans out. And, and uh, Judge at uh, New York, what is the all-time record for home runs in one season? Is it Roger Maris at 62 or 63? Um, that is a another great question. Because I thought that Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco or the guy from Chicago had hit like 70 in a season or something. I think the American League record is 61, and okay. Judge has 60 right now. Okay. And, and how many does the, the guy from uh, St. Louis have? Uh, still sitting at 698, I think. Yeah. And what's what's the all time record? Seven twenty two. Seven? No, it's like uh, it is. Uh, it's Barry Bonds with it, yeah. right? I'll Barry Bonds. Yeah, Barry Bonds says Barry Bonds says the single season and the uh, career home run record. It is. Wow. Yeah, seven sixty two. Oh wow! Okay, that that I don't know if Pujols could last that much longer. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't nah, know. he's yeah he's pretty much done after this one. I, I feel pretty yeah. confident. <laughs> Well, listen, guys, thank you so much for, for taking my phone call. And if, if Anthony's listening, I, I wasn't making the insinuation that Albert didn't have $18 million to, to buy out uh, his contract. My, my, my point was that I didn't think anybody on the Albert staff currently uh, would be competent to be the interim head coach. That's why I said they would probably wait till the end of the season. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for taking my call. And you guys have a great day. Thank you so much for that call, Keith. And that is going to end our second hour of the show. When we come back on the other side of this break, we've got an interview with Bill Bender from Sporting News, National College Football Writer, coming up right after this. You're listening to Sports Call. 
two hours of sports call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call starting right now. I'm Brooks Childress in the driver's seat for the final hour. Well, I've been in the driver's seat all day, but one more hour of me in the driver's seat. J.J. Jackson's back tomorrow. I haven't mentioned it on the show today, but tomorrow we will not be in the studio. That's right. We are going to be out Amongst the people. We are taking the show to the people. Come visit. Come visit us at the Auburn Alumni Center tomorrow, 3 to 6 p.m. I won't be there. We are highlighting the Huddle Tailgate for the Auburn Alumni Association, which is coming up on Saturday for the Missouri game. If you're an Auburn alumni member, make sure you get registered for that. They're going to have great food, great drinks. Uh, They're going to have some special giveaways. And so that's going to be on Saturday. But we are going to be out there tomorrow, 3 to 6 p.m. So come by and see us. We're going to have some great giveaways out there. We'd love to see you. It's been the first time we've been out in about in a while. They don't let us out of the studio that much. But we we can't wait to see everybody that comes out tomorrow. But we're going to be out there tomorrow. J.J. Jackson will be back in full force for that tomorrow. We're about to go back to break. Sorry for the extended break. Had to shuffle around some commercials, but we're about to go back to break to bring on Bill Bender. But before we do, I don't know if it happened yesterday. I don't care if it happened yesterday. Even though it's a Thursday, I want to talk about Campbell Camels. So, Time for your Sports Call Hump Day update on the Campbell Camels football team. That's right. The Campbell Camels back in action last weekend. They went on the road to in-state foe East Carolina. Unfortunately, they fell, forty-nine to ten. Yeah, they fell. Not a great showing. They fall to one and two on the year. Only win so far was a win over the Citadel uh, in the first game. They lost to William and Mary last week, um, thirty-seven to twenty-one. And they've got a bye week this week. Already into the bye, really quickly in. Uh, Their next game will be Saturday, October fifth, home game against the NC Central Eagles. A lot of uh, North Carolina teams they're playing. Taking a look back at the stats, Hodge Malik Williams, the starting quarterback for Campbell, went 22-3 for 38 for 300 yards, touchdown and interception. Not bad. Not bad. But not, not a winning formula. Leading rusher on the day was our good friend Naquari Rogers, 13 rushes for 35 yards. Not great. Not great. Not great. Not ideal. Uh, your leading receiver on the day was Jalen Kelsey, three receptions, 79 yards, and a touchdown. Of relation to the Kelsey brothers? That'd be a good research project. Um, and then, yeah, we got a, a lot of guys got their name on the defensive charts. Uh, kicking, Caleb Dowden, one for two on field goals. 31 yards was his longest. He counted for four points, so a field goal and an extra point. Missed field goal. So, Drew, I'm going to go with he is not related to the Kelsey brothers. Spelled differently. Mm. Well, that'll, that'll <laughs> give it away. Among other things. That'll give it away, won't it? Among so, other uh, things. The Campbell Camels, one and two on the year. Unfortunate start for our guys up there in North Carolina. But, hey, 
Time to get healthy on a bye week. Got NC Central coming into town. A rivalry game. Don't know if we it actually presume. is. But it's a big rivalry game. It's it's uh, geographically relevant. Yeah. I've heard rumblings of college game day making their way. They, ah. If they don't, listen, if they don't, it's going to be a bigger travesty than them shutting Duke and Kansas this weekend. When uh, When EA makes the new college football game, I do believe I'm going to start my career as like an assistant coach for the Campbell Camels. You should. And just work my way up. You really should. So that was quickly a Campbell Camels update. Like I said, don't know if it happened yesterday. I wasn't on the show yesterday. You weren't on the show yesterday, Brent. Nope, I was not, he- I was not here yesterday. Drew wasn't on the show yesterday. I was not. So we needed a chance to celebrate the Campbell Camels, even though it wasn't really a celebration. Go Camels. So go Camels. Go bye week. Go bye week. You can only Time go- for some self-scouting and some returning to fundamentals. You can't lose the bye week. You can't lose the bye week. You know what you can lose, though? Sanity. We're going to regain ours, and we're going to talk to Bill Bender on the other side of this break. You'll listen to Sports Call. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. This is former Auburn football player Danny Skutak, and you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning Sports Call Auburn. Sports Call on a Thursday rolls on. I'm Brooks Childress in studio with Brant Daughtry and Drew Behenna. It's been a good show so far. I had a lot of great guests had a lot of great phone calls. We have another great guest coming up right now as we head back to the Auburn Bank phone line right off the bat. We head up to Columbus, Ohio is where we will find the national writer for Sporting News, college football writer Bill Bender rejoins the show. He's been on several times. Bill, how are you doing this afternoon? Hey, great. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Always enjoy having you on. You're so knowledgeable about all things college football. How is the college football season treating you so far? Well, you know, it goes fast. I always tell people from that first Saturday week zero game, it's basically 100 days until the conference championship games are over. I kind of, like any coach speak, will tell you I do it one day at a time, and, man, we're already getting like a, we're already like 20% through. And, and it's unfortunate because it's such a great sport, and it just flies by so quickly. And so you, you really, you know, it, it's really the if you blink, you miss it. Especially with a lot of uh, a lot of these uh, high profile offenses that just fly up and down the field, you you really do miss it. So, Bill, to start off, we want to start hyper local uh, with obviously talking about Auburn. Uh, we talked to a lot of the beat writers around the area. They've got you know their opinions and everything. But we'd like to get what what you, a national writer, is looking at Auburn and what what is your opinion of what's going on here on the plains? Well, uh, you know it's one of those deals where last week was probably tough. I mean, it was a tough loss to to be able to lose the way that they did against a what I think is a pretty good Penn State team. They uh, you know took it to them on the road. They they ran the ball effectively exposed some of Auburn's flaws. I mean, I think you guys have probably belabored the point this week, I would imagine, that they uh, Auburn needs better quarterback play. You know, Auburn needs better offensive line play. Auburn needs better defensive play. And I'm going to tell you, I think you'll see it by the end of the year. Penn State's a pretty good football team. 
Bill, when when you you know you look at you know, you mentioned Auburn, we you know you like you said we've talked about it all week about the quarterback situation here in town. T.J. Finley is going to be out for this weekend's game. Zach Calzada was announced a, uh, a few hours ago that is going to be seeking a medical redshirt, getting surgery again on the shoulder that he re- he injured last year. When you look at Robbie Ashford as the as the new starting quarterback for the Tigers going into this weekend and, and maybe beyond, you know you we saw him a little not in a lot at Oregon. Uh, if any, but you, you've seen a little taste of him at uh, at Auburn. What is your thoughts on uh, Robbie Ashford running an offense like this? Well, we're going to find out. I mean, it's his opportunity. I mean, obviously, you know, they have to have a run game behind him, have to have time to throw to the receivers. I think it's a – they have to win this game this week. I think you guys know that. I mean, looking at the schedule, if they don't win this game, it gets it gets tough from there. And I think the, the booze on Brian Harzen will increase. And I obviously you got to – is it a redshirt freshman behind him now? Um, it's true freshman. A lot of injuries. Yeah, true freshman. So, that, I mean, he, a true freshman quarterback that nobody's seen is always, always the most popular guy on campus. Yeah. Uh, so, so Bill, you know, you, you look at this team, and uh, taking it a little bit, you know, take, stepping back a little bit from the program, you've had two Power 5 college football coaches lose their jobs already in this season. And I hate to be the negative guy uh, around in this area, but – is if Auburn, you know, if, if Auburn, even if Auburn wins against Missouri this weekend, do you does it feel like Brian Harson may be the next one to go? I mean, he's the next one on the list of like hot seat coaches. You never know, though. I mean, they could turn it around. Um, you know, I I was stunned at how quickly it unraveled for Scott Frost, given the coaching changes they made. I was stunned that Arizona State basically fired Herman Edwards on the on the field i was going to say on the floor and uh i hope i never get fired like that like walking off a game after uh, covering a game or something but uh you know it, it you just got to watch it because you know how that builds i mean once you lose a couple games negativity runs deep and, and, and it can go downhill real quick all right so now now that we've we've gotten that negativity out of the way let's step back and look at the sec as a whole uh you know you look at some of the more positive stories around the conference Georgia just looks like they it, it couldn't. We never thought that they could be better than they were last year. But by golly, it looks like they're a better team than they were last year, doesn't it? Because the offense is better. Stetson Bennett is better. He's not looking over his shoulder. I, I I don't know how to like verbalize how good they looked against South Carolina in terms of just totally dominating an SEC opponent on both sides. Their defense is one step ahead. They've only given up one one offensive touchdown in three weeks. So I, I think it's amazing what they're doing um, on both sides of the ball. And they do look, in my opinion, as a clear-cut number one. There, there is You could make the case that Alabama has as much talent, but they've been sloppy at times. You can make the case Ohio State has more offensive talent. They probably do, but there are still questions about the defense. And you could make a point for some other schools. But right now, you're right, Georgia, by far and large, is the best team in the country. And then you mentioned it there a little bit. That's the next school I wanted to go to was Alabama. They, they've they looked good. Bryce Young has continued to look like the quarterback he was last year. But you ran into Texas, and they got scared a little bit there. Their offensive line didn't look that as buttoned up as they have in the past. What are your thoughts on that Alabama team this year? Go, too many penalties. I mean, things they're going to have to clean up. I mean, last year they weren't the best road team in the world. And I think that would be my worry as an Alabama fan. I, they're not going to lose a home game, I, I don't think. Um, you know, the Iron Bowl, you never know. Uh, but I, I just don't see them losing at home. 
I think on the road there's some concern because if you have that many penalties and you have that many drop passes and you have that kind of, what do you want to call it, the disconnectedness, if that's a word. I'm going to have to go look that up in the dictionary. But I'm saying they could lose at Arkansas. They could lose at Tennessee. They could lose at Ole Miss if some of those things go the wrong way. I mean, Texas took them all the way to the limit. Bill, uh, we just talked about, uh, you said Georgia looks far and away the best team in the country. Alabama's probably number two. Ohio State is maybe a number three. Other than those th- big three, the the obvious names that we've grown accustomed to talking about, who's another team that you think can ma- sneak into the playoff and, and maybe give those guys a run? You know, I think the next four are very interesting to me. Um, Michigan. Michigan looks pretty good. I know their schedule's been paper thin. I get all that. But um, J.J. McCarthy, he changes the dynamic of that offense with the receivers they have, the running backs they have, and their defense is still pretty fast. I guess we can get a look at it against an actual offense against Maryland this weekend. Um, I like Clemson. I still like their defense. I mean, D.J. Uangalele is a guy that's probably going to step it up. And then of all the teams, you know, Oklahoma's been good. USC's been better. USC looks what to make of it other than their offense to me is up there with the most uh, fun to watch because of Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison. When you look at uh, the the back, I want to take it back to the SEC for a second, a team that we thought was going to be one of the uh, one of the be- better teams in the conference and in the country this year was Texas A and M and they've kind of struggled out the gate. They they got it done last week against Mayor, uh, against Miami. Uh, defense shut them down. Miami really couldn't move the ball as much. But what is your thoughts on what's going down going down in Aggie Land? Lack of offense. Uh, quarterback plays. I like Max Johnson. I think Max Johnson stands in the pocket and gets gets the most out of his ability and. Uh, you know, the, the running game hasn't been great. Uh, disconnected also on offense. Uh, had some injuries. But they did get the win last week. I mean, that was a must win. I, I can't imagine the heat that would be on Jimbo Fisher had they lost to App, lost to Miami, and then faced a pretty good Arkansas team that I, I am high on this year. I, I like that Arkansas offense a lot. And taking a look at one of the big games this week, you've got a Florida team that – it looked really good that first week against Utah and then didn't look so good in the second week against Kentucky going up to a, a Tennessee team that Josh Heupel's kind of started got, getting the ball rolling there in the right direction, got a big win over Pitt earlier in the season. What What are your thoughts on this matchup and both of these teams going forward? Well, I mean, you guys know as SEC fans, I mean, on paper, Tennessee should win this game by a lot. I mean, with that Hendon Hooker running that top five offense, scoring a ton of points, big plays everywhere. Josh Heifel got him humming. Defense stops the run. But you know, there's a reason Florida's dominated this rivalry for two decades. And funky things have happened along the way. I, if you're asking me to, what I expect out of Anthony Richardson, I'm going to give you a big I don't know. <laughs> I mean, isn't he just a mystery from week to week? Yeah. And uh, if he plays well, though, and they run the football well, that could get – a little wonky in the fourth quarter, and I think Tennessee fans know that. So I, the best analysis I can give you is that's either going to come right down to the wire or to win, or Tennessee hammers them. Tennessee beats them by a bunch of points. I don't see it going any other way. Talking to Bill Bender, a national college football writer for Sporting News. Bill, you you know, we're, we're here in Auburn. 
we 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 love college football down here, and I would be remiss if an Auburn show didn't ask about a former Auburn quarterback in Bo Nix up there in Oregon. Didn't look great the first week, but as we mentioned earlier, nobody really has against this Georgia defense. And then the last two weeks uh, looked pretty decent against Eastern Washington and looked really good against the top 15 BYU team. What are your thoughts about those Oregon Ducks and Bo Nix? Well, I mean, it starts off with one. Um, is there a shirt in Auburn that says, like, the Bo Nix experience? Because I hear that phrase every five minutes. Um, yeah. You know, one, my biggest takeaway is watching Oregon beat BYU last week is, man, how good is Georgia if they were able to just dispose of Oregon the way they did? I think Bo Nix is making some plays when he can, and they got the good one last week. And now, now this week, they play a pretty good Washington State team that's been off to a hot start around Cameron Ward and the Incarnate Ward transfer. They played really good football early in the season. And, um, you know, I, it'll be an interesting game. But, again, that's like breaking him down. It's, it's kind of like what I said about Anthony Richardson. There is a mystery to it. There is some inconsistency. But when he's on, he can make some plays. Talking to Bill Bender from Sporting News. Bill, you got any uh, any college football trips planned upcoming? Any big games you're going to soon? Well, I'm going to the Wisconsin game this week because it's in the backyard, and then we're going to plan out October. I was going to go to Alabama A&M, but App State altered those plans, and as we get into the October, we'll kind of just let the season take us there. So I'm excited about it. I always enjoy talking to you guys, and as usual, whenever I talk to you guys, I'm running to a practice of some sort. I'm sitting in my son's practice right now. Uh, Well, then we will let you get back to your son's practice, but before we do, give us a little pitch of what you got coming out, what type of articles you got coming out for Sporting News, and what you, everyone out there has got. Yeah, I mean, we got a feature about Luke May today. There's another guy you should watch this weekend. North yeah, Carolina quarterback. With, he's playing great. Uh, one-time Alabama commit, and got a chance to drop Notre Dame to 1-3, and three, and if that happens, uh, boy, I don't know. Uh, the, not heat on Marcus Freeman, but it could get a little weird there. So, um it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of other articles, Tennessee, Florida preview, and I'm just, I'm just like I said, one day at a time, getting as many articles done as I can. Well, Bill, we really appreciate the time you get back out there and do your son's practice, and we will talk to you again soon. Oh, thanks so much. Maybe he is playing quarterback, so you guys can have him in a couple years if you want. But you got you, nobody's allowed to blitz him. I was about <laughs> to say, you, you put the orange jersey on him. <laughs> yeah, nobody can blitz me. That's my only rule. <laughs> no, thanks so much for having me, guys. Take care. Absolutely. Have a great uh, rest of your day, Bill. That was Bill Bender from Sporting News joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. When we come back, more sports call right after this. know how easy it is to listen to our show all you have to do with your amazon smart device is say alexa play sports call auburn this is philip lolly former auburn tigers football assistant coach for the 2010 national championship team and you are listening to sports call
Sports Call on a Thursday rolls on. I'm Brooks Childress in studio with Drew Behenna and Brant Daughtry. Just a little bit longer, about two more segments worth of uh, content for you this afternoon. Just had a great interview with Bill Bender from Sporting News. So knowledgeable in everything college football. You know, he, he's got all... He's, makes all these big trips like he's going to the Wisconsin Ohio State game this weekend that's gonna be a big one I think that's the uh is that the ABC game Saturday night it's, I think it is it's on prime time somewhere I think it's the ABC game Saturday night so that's the ESPN a crew you got there so big games all around this week and the Auburn Tigers host the Missouri Tigers 11 a.m on ESPN this Saturday following right after game day uh, following game day this Saturday. Before we get to our final segment here in a few minutes for closing out the show with the Nightly TV Guide, I want to take a look at some of our, uh, we, we used to do this a lot on uh, on, thir- on Thursdays, is look at the NFL. There's the music. NFL season continues on. Week three is to, uh, starts tonight. Amazon Prime game. Steelers and the Browns. Browns are four and a half point home favorite against those Seal City boys. Jacoby Brissett has been surprisingly good filling in for uh, Deshaun Watson's absence. Definitely better than a lot of people expected him to be doing at this point. So, it's... Both of these teams need a bounce back game. Yeah, this is a tough game to make a call on either way. Both of these teams need a bounce back game. I was trying to look. Brant, I've got your picks in front of me. I don't have um, Drew's picks. Did you get a paper? No, I, okay. I can run through my picks. I believe now. I went with the Browns in this one because I, I think that they are a – I don't know if they the, – the Steelers have more talent at the top. Their, their high-end talent is certainly better than what the Browns have, especially with Deshaun Watson out right now. But I think, like, the, the Steelers have a better roster from, from ceiling to floor. I went uh, with uh, I went with the Steelers. Did you? I I, I, also, back. Cleveland with the advantage of playing in in uh, Cleveland. That's true. Uh, looking at Sunday's, we're not going to run through every single game, but we're going to look at some of the interesting games. Sunday noon window, you got the Raiders and the Titans, two teams that are surprisingly zero and two. Very surprisingly, yeah. uh, Raiders are a two point road favorite. Titans got worked on Monday night against uh, Drew's Bills. Yeah, the Bills look really, really good. I know that's shocking to everybody, but they look very good. It was, and I'll tell you what, I don't, you know, to make comparisons, kind of felt reminiscent of uh, the Auburn-Penn State game. It was kind of close at half. The Bills, what was it, 17-7 to seven at half? And then the Bills came out in the third quarter and just absolutely yeah. worked them. I think stopping Derrick Henry really allowed for us to just kind of flow pretty freely on defense, make Tannehill make the throws, and he couldn't. So, good start for the Bills, 2-0. Tough matchup this weekend, though. I'm going to say, we'll get to the Bills' next matchup in just a moment. Before we do that, the Chiefs, 2-0. Still looking like the Chiefs. Visit the 0-1-1 Colts. I haven't looked good. I'll tell you what. The Colts have looked very bad, and it's breaking my uh, Matt Ryan MVP season heart. Kansas City's only... Uh, they're a five-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Not MVP, but Super Bowl. Super Bowl-appearing Colts. tell you what, Patrick Mahomes, through two games, 595 passing yards seven touchdowns he's real good is that good oh just a little bit just a little bit patrick mahomes had like two bad games in a row to end the season last year and everyone just kind of forgot how freaking good he is and uh he said watch this and now he's doing just insane things 
The uh, the Buffalo Bills, we mentioned a moment ago, that worked the Tennessee Titans on Monday night. They're 2-0. 1-0 on the road, visiting the 2-0 Miami Dolphins, who are also 1-0 at home. Tua has looked fairly good. I wouldn't say he's far away improved. He's got better weapons around him. Tyreek yes. Hill and Jalen Waddle have just gone just Off. ultimate beast mode so yeah. far. Uh, but the Bills... They're looking. They're looking like a team. You know, like we. You know, we talk preseason. Everyone talks the preseason. They're, they're a team that's Super Bowl or bust. It feels like this year. Yeah, it's. You hate to say that. You hate that expectation as a fan, but you feel like any small thing that goes wrong can really just throw a wrench in the whole season. So we already lost. Now both starting cornerbacks are out, and we'll have two rookies lined up against Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill. So. I think if they can hold their weight, our run defense should be able to keep up with the running back room in uh, Miami. So I really hope those rookies know what they're doing. Uh, looking forward, uh, continuing to look at the noon slate, 12 o'clock noon, the 101 Baltimore Ravens. Visit the 101 New England Patriots, my New England Patriots. going to be tough. I'll tell you that much. It's going to be tough. The Patriots offense still just doesn't seem like it's found a rhythm, and I just don't know what it's going to be. There's not really a number one wide receiver on that roster. You've had a couple guys that stepped up this past week against um, the Steelers, but still, I just don't. It's going to be tough. I mean, Lamar Jackson looks good. Yeah. The Ravens really should be 2-0 right now. Yeah. But, you know, it's going to be tough. Baltimore's a three-point road favorite. I think that's a fine line, but I think the Ravens win by more. Um Looking at uh, elsewhere in the league into the afternoon slot, the Falcons back on the West Coast again. Two West Coast games in a row. They visit the one and one Seahawks. That I that's I, an even I, line. My Pick my them. my heart and head were in sync in this one. I, I think the Falcons can win that game. I don't know if they will, but I think they can. Yeah, I picked them. I it's, think I picked the uh, at Seattle, Seattle, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, the twelfth man could be the advantage yeah. there. Uh, we'll be. see. Uh, Drake London has looked. Very, very You've, good so far. The, the Falcons' offense is very good at using three very, very large and capable guys. It, it's not Kyle Pitts, Drake London, and Cordero Patterson are all huge, but they're all also just able to do a lot of really different things. And Arthur Smith has gotten very creative with those three guys. Uh, but you're going to need that. Def- you're going to need your quarterback play to hold up. And you know the defense. The defense has its ups and downs. We'll leave it at that. Final game we'll look at, 325 Sunday afternoon. Packers and the Buccaneers. Bucks are 2-0. First home game for the Bucks. Packers are 0-1 on the road, 1-1 overall. It's an even pick line. I don't know what to make of the Packers. This was the I hardest one to pick for me be, of this week. I, you know, I don't know what to make of the, the Bucks going into this weekend because of their, their wide receiver struggles, but also... Aaron Rodgers still not on the best of terms with his wide receiver core. Yeah. So I just don't know what's going to happen in this one. Could I think I picked the Buccaneers. The I could, yeah, I like the Bucks too. I think Leonard Fournette yeah. could see a lot of carries this game. And just if the Bucks defense can stuff the combination of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, they'll have a real good chance. So that is a look at some of the NFL action coming up this weekend. I don't know who's leading the NFL picks for us, but... Um, I think it's JJ. Yeah, I, I think you're right. We're trying to catch him with some more picks this weekend. When we but come it's back, very close. It is very close. When we come back, we wrap up the show with our nightly TV guide right after this.
Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Now back to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Sports Call on a Thursday rolls on. I'm Brooks Childress, Brant Daughtry, Hello. Drew Behenna, both in studio. We've had a great show. We've had some great interviews. Had some great calls. Wouldn't you fellas agree? Absolutely. Yeah, it was great hearing from both Bill Bender and Brad Law, as well as many of the phone calls we got. I'm Steve. Say, don't forget... Um, I've almost said sports call. Tiger Talk coming up right after we are done over on our sister station, FM Talk 93.9. They're going to have head coach Brian Harson. A lot of great guests over there. Of course, your questions, if you are live in person slash send them in beforehand, you can uh, get your questions answered by Coach Brian Harson. Always, uh, in, you know, he, he brings, you know, answers some questions of the people. It's not just the media he talks to. Uh, before we get out of here, Let's get to our nightly TV guide, shall we? Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. I need to work better on some transition work. That's Don't what we, we need all. to do. Don't we all? Sports Call's nightly TV guide brought to you by our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Movie pick for you this evening. We're only giving you one. There's enough sports on tonight that you don't need many, many more. 6.16 p.m. That's right. Exactly 6.16 p.m. tonight. On stars, it's Bruce Almighty. Funny, funny movie. Is is Bruce Almighty? Which one is that? That's Jim, is that Steve Carell that, no, or that's the Jim Carrey? Jim Carrey. Okay, that's Evan Almighty. Is what you're thinking about? Uh, Steve Carell. Bruce Almighty is the original. Okay. So that is. Six, didn't those? Didn't they come out like a year apart? I don't think they did. It was. I I remember them coming out almost at the same time. But it could it could just be like. I was really young when they came out, and yeah. time just kind of runs together at a certain point. Sports on your televisions tonight, 6 o'clock on Fox. Big Fox, it's the Braves and the Phillies, first of four up in Big Philadelphia. Fox. Max Freed getting the start tonight for the Braves. Maxwell. Ranger Suarez getting the start tonight for the Phillies. So Ooh. that should be a really good matchup there. Women's College Soccer tonight, St. John, John's taking on Georgetown at 6 o'clock on FS1. Also at 6 o'clock on the SEC Network, number 23, Auburn. Visits number 14, Arkansas. So some SEC soccer for you tonight. Of course, we mentioned the NFL action tonight on Amazon Prime between the Steelers and the Browns. And then college football action tonight. We'll go in reverse order. 7.30 on BTN. It's Chattanooga versus Illinois. Brett Bielma's squad there. 6.30 on ESPN2. Some Sunbelt Funbelt action as Coastal Carolina undefeated 3-0. Visits the 0-3 Georgia State Panthers. And then at 6.30 tonight on... ESPN. It is the renewal of the battle for the Black Diamond Trophy as West Virginia takes on Virginia Tech up mm. there in Blacksburg, Virginia. Let's go. And that is a look at your nightly TV guide brought to you by our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Country roads take me home. Gentlemen, Brant, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. Drew, thank you for being here today. It's been my pleasure. 
I have been Brooks Childress for Brant Daughtry, Drew Behenna. Thank you to everybody that tuned in and called in. On location tomorrow at the Auburn Alumni Center on South College Street. Come by and CSJJ Jackson will be there and hosting the show. So we will say goodnight and we will see you all tomorrow in person.